Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. Okay, wow. Well, this is so fun to come back home. Yes, home. This is my home church in Dallas because you know what? In 1998, Brother Freddie, um, I think I went to PC NAC. How many knows what PC NAC is? Okay, the Pentecostal big gathering of the, of the annual year. And I bumped into Freddie and he said, you got to come over here. Do you know that Metro Church is one of the, I think it is the first Indian church in America to stand with the vision the Lord had given me for Uttar Pradesh. Okay, how many of you don't know what Uttar Pradesh is? Okay, I won't make you raise your hand. Okay, that's the northern part of India, um, which I've understood a lot of Indians are scared to go to, right? Um, So so I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story about how the Lord led me there. But Metro Church is the one that gave us really the first significant donation that enabled me to go and to begin to bring the gospel to that very unreached part of the world. Are we live streaming? Good, okay, that's fine. I just need to know so that I know what I need to not talk about. So, um, because you guys, I can trust all you guys, but I can't trust the internet, right? Um, So I start, let me go back, Uh, I need to tell my story, I didn't get you any pictures, so I'm going to be very demonstrative, okay? Um, I also first want to introduce my amazing, amazing executive assistant, Patsy, would you stand up? You are so awesome. And I'm just so thankful for her. I couldn't be doing this without her. Um, I was an atheist at age 15. Who's 15 years old in here? Raise your hand. 15 years old. Come on, quick, quick, quick. Anybody? Or teenagers, all teenagers. Any teenagers? We got a few of them. Yeah, okay. Whoa, all that awesome guitarist. Okay, cool. So I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God. I said, I don't see God. I don't hear God. I can't feel God, so I don't believe in God. And uh, Jesus came into my room. I saw Jesus face to face. I spoke with him, and he laid his hand on, him, on my shoulder. It was real. And that story is in this book. And if any of you... I'm going to encourage every one of you to get this book until we run out out there after service. Um, But this is the story of how I came to know Jesus from being an atheist. That's the first one-third of the book. The rest of it is amazing, incredible stories from India and from the work there and what God is doing. And uh, But I was passionate to serve the Lord from that point onward, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to start doing campus ministry, but my dad was building me a grand equestrian facility because I loved horses. Well, he also taught me to fly a plane at age nine. 
but I didn't go after the airplanes, went after the horses, started training horses and doing that as my career. I thought, I'm going to do campus ministry and train horses as my, um, as my business. And I went to a short-term Bible training school, and they taught us about the places in the world that had never heard the name of Jesus. How many of you know that a lot of people in India today have still never heard the name of Jesus? In fact, when I first went over there way back, I remember going out in the village. I'm just jumping ahead real quick. Went out in the village with the native pastor, and he went up to the, the, the village chief, and he's, he said, do you know Jesus? And the village chief kind of gave him a funny look, and he said, uh, Okay, um, nobody by that name lives in my village. Go down the road, maybe you'll find him there. Because they never heard the name of Jesus. And it's still true in many places in your, our beloved nation, your nation of India today. And so um, I, I didn't know that. As a little American girl growing up here, you know, you, every, there's a church around every corner, especially in Dallas. Um, well, it isn't quite the Bible, but it is the Bible Bill, you know. It isn't quite um, um, Atlanta, Georgia. But... I said, oh, wow, really? Oh, okay. I've already made up my mind. I'm just going to continue doing my, I'm not going to leave America. I'm going to do my college, you know, ministry and train my horses. And one night, I got a dream. Three nights in a row, the same dream was repeated. Now, when anything happens three times, okay, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, okay, that's God, right? Pretty much, as long as it lines up with Scripture. Okay, it's got to line up with Scripture. But, wow, I got these three dreams. And in the dream, I saw India and the whole of South Asia, and I saw demons situated in the Ganges River area of northern India and the Himalaya Mountains. And these demons were holding reins, and they were like chariot drivers, you know. There had to be a, a horse element for me. God, to, God's going to talk to me because I love horses. Right? And so there's a, they're like, they're like, Rath, um, um, how many people in here know Hindi? Okay, a lot? Good. I'll, I'll, I'll try to throw some in. Are you enjoying a little bit of Hindi? I liked your Hindi song. Thanks. That was cool. Thanks. Cool. Um, and so they're holding reins, lagam, pakarata, or whips. I don't know what to call it. Whips. They were, they were driving the pin. And then I thought, well, there's got to be horses at the end of the rain. Uh-uh. It was people enslaved to the idol worship and the poverty. Guys, we've got the same kind of demons right now, right here in America, too. We need to, God has brought you to this country, and he's brought you here, number one, not to forget your homeland. Not to forget the place of your origin, the place of your nationality and the original nationality, the place of your um, ancestors. Don't forget India. Always do something to serve God's kingdom purpose in your nation. Number one. And number two, you are now Americans. Really, in the spirit realm, you are dual citizens. I mean, we're tri you're triple citizens, right? Because we're all citizens of heaven. 
citizens of God's kingdom, but we're also citizens of America. But you also have a, a strategic citizenship still with India, okay? Uh, if you're an Indian, you might be in here who you're not an Indian. Anyone in here not, not Indian background? Black, white, yellow, green, orange. Okay, all Indians, great, that's fine. Um, but, if, but think about your origins, and you always have a calling to your origins. Because guess what? So then I knew I was to go to northern India and bring liberation to these people, but I didn't know where or how God gave me further direction. I won't go into that. And I got on the plane and set out for northern India. Now, everyone was telling me, you have to join the missionaries. And I had my credentials with a very good missions organization. But the Lord said, no, don't join any mission group. I'm going to show you something different. Because I thought I'm just going to be the missionary, the little girl, you know, I'm going to go and learn the language, and I'm going to go out in the village and preach the gospel, and I'm going to plant churches and see people healed and saved and all this cool stuff and get beat up and stoned and thrown out and thrown in jail. I wanted to do all that too. And I got there, and the Lord said, you're going to live with the native people. And the Lord put me with a native family, actually from Mumbai. I'm living with that family, going out in the villages, bringing, preaching the gospel with them. And that's where the Lord showed me the strategy for the next step. And he showed me that I was not to be in the forefront, but I was to be a servant of the native people. And they would be the ones, those little Hindu background people that had just come to know Jesus. See, I'll never forget one day we're in the village where the, the missionary from Mumbai, he's got, we, he, we got a guitar. And so we got these brand new believers and he's playing the guitar and trying, no, first it was me. I'm playing the guitar and I'm, you know, Jaya Jaya Prabhu Yeshu Ki, hallelujah. Jaya Jaya Prabhu Yeshu Ki, And people are like, they're sleeping. They're going to sleep. They're like, oh, this is boring. I'm like, come on, people, you gotta worship. You gotta, come on, this is about Jesus, you know, come on. And so I give it to the, the pastor from Mumbai, you know, and he's like, Polo J, Polo J, Polo J, Yishuki J, Polo J, Polo J, Polo J, Yishuki. They're sleeping. And we're like, oh, come on, how do we teach these young believers to worship? And we say, okay, well, here's this young man that just came to know Jesus. And he's, he doesn't really know John 3.16 yet, but he knows that Jesus saved him. And he's a little Hindu background guy from the village, and he really doesn't know any doctrine or theology yet. But he's been writing songs in the native Bhojpuri dialect and in the style of the Hindu worship where they used to play the dolak drum and the harmonium and they would worship the idols but guess what he has now taken that music style the bhajan and he has put it to the biblical lyrics the lyrics that worship jesus and we said, hey, J.D., we call him J.D., come up here. And he said, bring a dolok. And he started one of those songs, the dolok. And the people go, what? Wait a minute. Jesus isn't a foreigner. 
And he started that song in their native style, in their native language. And the people just came alive. Jesus is ours. Jesus can be Indian. Hallelujah. See, that's why you're so important. Every one of you is so important to America and to India both. You have a dual, triple citizenship, but you have a double and triple anointing and importance for this time right now. India needs you. America needs you. Because you are indigenous to India and you're indigenous to the Indian population right here in America. And God is calling you not only to the Indian population here, because you're, everything's multicultural in America, right? But he's, God needs us right now. Now, you know when the Lord called me and sent me over there, and I got to see what my time is here. I got to figure this out. Okay. Is the countdown 12 minutes? No. Okay, that's cool. Um, so when he, I'm going to get to some more stories of what's happening now and what Metro Church is a part of, but I'm here to share the word of God with you too here now. And so when I first went there, the Lord gave me Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. Who knows what that says? Open Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. Okay. So it says, this is the time when God is taking his people into the promised land. It's finally time. They've wandered around the mountain for 40 years and they've been eating manna. And you know what? Manna is God's form of welfare, but it didn't go on forever, did they? Did it? God's welfare always has an exit strategy where he puts you on your feet. He puts, takes you into the promised land. He says, okay, now work the ground and prosper. Come out of poverty, amen. Poverty is not a plan of, of, of God; it's a plan of the devil. And, uh, and and so he he says, okay. And so it's time to go into your best. It's time to not stay in the desert and not stay on the welfare system. It's time to thrive spiritually and physically. Okay, God is the God of the spirit realm. He's the God of the earth as well. He's king and Lord of all. And so he says, wherever, he says to Joshua, as the time comes to go into the promised land, he says, wherever the sole of your foot shall tread, I've given you the land. Ooh, are we just talking about physical treading? We're just talking about, you got to physically walk on. Well, there's something very powerful about your physical presence. Okay? I challenge everybody to prayer walk. You know, we got to get out of the walls and go out and prayer walk your, 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 uh, your neighborhood. And just walk and pray. And you know that where you're putting your feet because you're an authorized citizen, government, a citizen of the king of kings. And wherever you go, you bring his power. You bring his authority. You bring his love. You bring his hope and salvation to a broken world. Just your presence is powerful. So yes, walk and pray and trust, believe the Lord for transformation. I, we've, I could tell you tons of stories about people just praying and seeing transformation in their society and in their, in their area or in their city. Okay, 
But tread is deeper than that. Tread means where you say, I believe this. I am standing for this. I am going to, I know this is what God is saying. And I am going to be a representative of God in this sphere of influence. So it says, wherever your, the sole of your foot is representing your faith. It's where you say, I'm going to hook on with my faith to this. And I'm going to believe God for something to happen. It's about your calling. It's about where God has called you and he's sent you. What's burning in your heart? What's the passion in your heart to see God do in the world? Maybe it's save a person that you love very much. Well, then latch on to that person and you just pray and you cry out to God and you love on that person and you share the gospel with them and you do what you can and you just keep on, keep on and don't let that person go because God is going to do something in their life. Okay. But maybe it's, your, maybe it's your workplace and you want to see transformation. Maybe it's the city. Man, Metro Church of God, you guys are powerful to try make a difference in this city. Amen? But you have to latch on to it with faith and say, I'm treading here. So the Lord gave me that and he said, wherever you tread. And he said, northern India, Uttar Pradesh, and beyond is your promised land. Hallelujah. A place called the graveyard of Christianity and the poisonous hub of sex trafficking, God sees it as the promised land because he loves those 200 million people that haven't heard the gospel. Guys, God loves Dallas. God loves this city. God loves the people around you in your neighborhoods. And he's saying, I have given you the land. God loves America. And he says he wants his kingdom to be reestablished in America. God has given us the land. You notice it's not if. It's not a, it's, it's, it says he has given. It's a past tense. It's not a future tense. Okay. He has given us. It's done. It's, it's finished. Because Jesus said it's finished. And it's by his power. Amen. That we tread in his name. Now three things that he says right after that. Okay. Um, when he said I, um, I have given you the land. Verse 3. What else did he say right after? This is very important in this season. This season of fear and COVID fear and people drawing back and people being canceled by our cancel culture situation right now. This whole anti-biblical uh, agenda of the enemy to try to destroy biblical values in our nation. What is God saying to you? You are his kingdom officers. Remember, as Joshua had the officers of the, of the king of kings, and they walked in, the nation of Israel were called his army. Okay, You're called his army. And then he said, I'm, you know, Father, I'm just going to read real quick. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Okay, Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. And verse 9, have I now commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's calling you. It's when you grab on to the call of God and you say, yes, Lord, I'm available to tread for you. Wherever you call me, whatever sphere of influence you're giving me, I'm available 
then you choose to say, yeah, three times. He said, be strong and courageous. I'm not going to allow fear. I'm not going to draw back. Yeah, there's all this cancel culture, and they might cancel me for stepping out. That's okay, because God doesn't cancel me. I'm his, I'm his son, and I'm his warrior. Hallelujah. Okay, and so I'm going to give you really quickly, I've got to give you one more story, because I didn't even, you know what Metro Church has been a part of now? You have enabled, have helped us by standing with us in the beginning to see 1.2 million souls saved in Uttar Pradesh. 30,000 house-based churches have been planted. And a massive movement united, not just Pentecostals, it's Baptists, it's Methodists, it's Presbyterians, but we're all working together, planting churches, because we all believe and agree on one thing that matters, and that's Jesus is Lord. Amen? And so he's calling you. I wanted to tell you, I got to go to, finally got to go to jail for Jesus in 2019, and then I gave all that up. And got to go to jail in Nepal for half a day. Um, got my badge that I've been in jail for Jesus, right? And then there was this whole court case against us, you know. But then it just so happened in out of 75 districts, this was in Nepal. Out of 75 districts, there was a child was trafficked into, into labor slavery from the very district where we had been put in jail. And our native leader of Nepal went out, grabbed that kid, Kicked the, kicked the door in, busted the 